0: Hello, Owen. First time podcasting together, finally.
1: Hi there, Will. It's a pleasure to uh, finally be on with you. Yeah,
0: took a bank run to finally get us co-hosting, but I'm glad this day has finally come. So I guess I should probably do the the introduction
1: first. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't really feel right without the music. <phone rings>
0: Hello and welcome to a special banking crisis edition of Cloud9Fit, the podcast where we normally discuss wonky leveraged finance stuff, but today we're zooming out a bit to talk about Silicon Valley Bank Credit Suisse, why banks are suddenly getting rescued and where we go from here. I'm Will Cager-Smith and today I'm joined by Owen Sanderson, who's been overseeing our coverage on this from London. So thanks Owen for finding the time, I guess the newsroom's pretty hectic right now.
1: It's been it's been quite a week. It's been very exciting. Um, it sounds a little ghoulish, but uh as a reporter, this kind of stuff makes you feel alive. Doesn't get better than a bank run.
0: Indeed. So there has been tons of coverage on this whole developing situation or situations plural, I should say. From us at NineFin and from all of our peers, it feels like financial news has kind of gone into overdrive. Um, but today I want to focus on not just where we've come to but where we go from here um, so last week what happened
1: well bank runs happened very very quickly and from the announcement on uh, on Wednesday that Silicon Valley Bank was um, raising new capital and had sold some 21 billion of assets uh, it was less than 48 hours until the, the bank was in um, federal hands I believe um that those hours were were pretty chaotic there were something like uh, 42 billion of deposits withdrawn from from silicon valley bank on on thursday alone which is just a, a huge stupendous number that, that few banks could withstand Um over the weekend the atmosphere was was extraordinary on on twitter um, market commentators um venture capitalists asking you know what would happen what was the future um of their institution going to be
0: yeah it was pretty much the most online bank run ever
1: right absolutely this whole thing was being kind of played out in in real time in in the public domain twitter was absolutely crucial um whatsapp was crucial that was you know the bank run take your money out that was spreading around the world from frankly venture capitalists texting their portfolio companies, um, startup founders texting each other, deposits themselves being removed using online banking facilities. This was full um, 21st century tech bank run and it's faster and more brittle than ever.
0: Yeah, I actually spoke to someone yesterday who was not only on the Silicon Valley Bank ski trip um, a few weeks ago but was also at a conference in san francisco um whilst a prominent venture capitalist was kind of digesting all of this on stage at a conference so yeah it was playing out in many many different forums um but yeah let's talk about the uk side of this as well since that's one thing that you've been especially focused on so initially SBV you say uk said it was Highlighted the fact that it was ring-fenced from the U.S. operation,
1: but then... Well, I think that was a very heavily lawyered statement, which sounded reassuring without sounding too reassuring. Um, That announcement came middle of the afternoon on Friday, and um, late at night on Friday, the Bank of England placed it into a special uh, bank insolvency regime, uh, and then very rapidly launched a sale process over the weekend all kinds of rumors coming out of financial news over the weekend I think a lot of publications had had all leave cancelled and, and were dragged into the office for this because yeah we had uh, the normal m a news cycle compressed into um, yeah Saturday and Sunday um and then on Monday morning uh, the happy news just before market open that HSBC was uh, stepping in uh, had bought the bank for one pound uh which was fantastic news for the uk depositors because that essentially made them customers of hsbc enormous bank with with three trillion of deposits and three trillion of assets sorry and so they're feeling pretty good about that okay and then some of
0: the the knock-on effects because there's been there's been a lot more news generated uh after the after the resolution and the the kind of um the the rescues here
1: um sure i mean i spoke to a few people on on monday morning that had basically spent the weekend kind of combing their various positions trying to see if there was any connection to silicon valley bank i think most big financial institutions have been doing something similar trying to trying to stay safe um in in the public markets though um from monday onwards we've seen absolute chaos particularly in bank equities. Um, Some of the US regionals have been down I think up to 80% at at various points. Um, Credit Suisse has been hit particularly hard though, I think we'll touch that later. Uh, Even what you might consider some of the more solid banks in Europe, um, I believe BNP Paribas was down something like 8% um, yesterday. Uh, There was essentially panic and fear and contagion worries just rippling around the market Um, but not in a very even way so Monday was a very bad day, Tuesday was a huge bounce back, Wednesday was a terrible day Uh, we're recording this on Thursday which uh, as of the morning had certainly been a nice bounce back you know who knows where we go this volatility is just whipsawing through markets right now. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, you mentioned the panic over credit Suisse, which has been the you know the the sort of second wave of the uh, of the crisis, I, I suppose. Um, and that ultimately resulted in the Swiss Nas- Swiss National Bank stepping in with a rescue, right? So that's that's a pretty massive deal by anyone's standards, I think.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we haven't really had this level of worry about a globally systemically important bank. Which is a, a special designation, a regulatory term of art. Um, since, well, since two thousand and eight, really, uh, when the term didn't exist, the um, Credit Suisse has been, to my mind, it's been a bit of a reverse meme stock <laughs> for the last uh, couple of years. It's been the the bank that everyone loves to hate. Uh, before Credit Suisse, Deutsche was the um, the main kind of whipping boy of the European banking system but you know there's been a few high profile um, problems that uh, Credit Suisse has been involved in um, and come out very badly on uh, Greensill, Bill Huang most notably, um, it's restructured quite heavily, sold off some of its best assets spinning off the investment bank trying to you know turn itself around but under real heavy scrutiny. Um, it had the misfortune to have to announce an accounting issue um right into the teeth of this panic about banks more generally and and to be clear credit suisse coming coming down would be a huge deal it would be a massive global disaster it's small by globally systemically important in bank standards but it is huge and this We'd be in crisis territory, definitely. If if Credit Suisse had fallen over,
0: right. And to that to that point, I feel like there's some finger pointing going on over the the non application of all the bank regulations that resulted from Basel three and the, the 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 GFC back in 2008. Um, both in terms of SVB's rescue and in a sense to to Credit Suisse as, mm-hmm. as well,
1: right? Um, well, the SVB story is in a sense a very simple story the us simply decided not to do it for banks which are objectively very large up to 250 billion that gets you you know in most european countries that gets you a sort of um top five bank uh if not if not more um but with credit suisse it's a bit more nuanced credit suisse is subject to um pretty high levels of regulation everywhere the swiss regulator uh was very very on it after the financial crisis but lots of the the tools which are kind of designed to do this just were not were not operative so additional tier 1 um is a special form of debt which is essentially supposed to absorb losses while a bank is still in a going concern condition um the regulator has to determine something called the ponv the point of no non-viability and then you write down this debt you instantly recap the bank, you solve the bank run. Very cool, right? And people spent years cooking their stuff up in, in investment banking, fig departments and bank treasuries and so on and wrangling about the little rules. I remember it well. Yeah, exactly. You were a banks reporter at the time, yeah. And it's, um, you know, a bank, I think Credit Suisse has something like 17 billion of 81. So pretty big recap if you do decide to go. But do they go? absolutely they don't. The central bank stepped in with a 50 billion liquidity facility to avoid having to even think about this stuff. You know, it's... If your your bank needs 50 billion of liquidity backstop, but it's not at the point of non-viability. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting tension there.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of mad that so many years were spent and so many hours were dedicated to cooking up all the stuff. And it just... It wasn't even we weren't even allowed to see whether it whether it worked or not in practice because uh, we, we weren't allowed to get to that point. Um, but we can unpack some of the implications of the non application of all of these regulations and all of this specially designed capital in a minute. But first, I want to talk about the SBB assets and who might acquire them, because there's been ton of news, tons of news about private equity firms and private credit funds Sometimes both of those uh, things being at the same entity, um, reportedly looking at those assets, although the US regulators have been pretty resolute about wanting the buyer to be another bank, not a sort of shadow
1: banking firm. So, Um, As I understand it from from the reporting elsewhere, um, SVB US was not shown to the big banks over the weekend until the last minute. It was shown first to regionals, which... Um maybe have been for good reason. Perhaps the US regulators didn't want to see more consolidation of the banking system. It may be because um some of these institutions were burned so badly in the financial crisis like B of A um, with you know Countrywide and, and Merrill, uh, JPM with with Washington Mutual, um, you know, had, had enormous amounts of like regulatory reps and warranties type risk afterwards. But actually, the big guys were the natural buyers for this stuff, you know, the big guys want those VC relationships, they want those IPO mandates, they had the money, the capital, the spare funds to do it, and could have, I think, moved quickly. So you might have had a situation in the US, a little bit more like the uh, HSBC takeover in, in the UK. If you just let those big big guys in at first, so I think the the bank non bank issue is is maybe something that's been a little bit misplayed by the U S regulators.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But in t- so in terms of where where those assets end up end up now, and and who might be in contention for for buying them, like is there a is there a split in terms of uh, one set mm-hmm. of assets at SVB and, and another set of assets in terms of some of them maybe ending up at a another bank and others may be ending up at a, a sort of shadow banking firm, like what's what's your take on that?
1: Um, well about half the SVB loan book, which is a, a smallish part of the balance sheet, um, is uh, essentially capital core facilities. So these are um, kind of credit lines that sit between a VC fund and its LPs, um, allowing it to essentially deploy cash straight away um, using the bank line. Uh, rather than call the capital immediately from the LPs um so it's this is pretty low credit risk stuff because your credit risk is to um you know a big pension fund or maybe sovereign wealth or that kind of money um rather than to a VC fund or the VC fund's portfolio companies or anything like that so that that covers about half of it um, and because of the nature of those facilities that probably sits very naturally in the banking system it's, it's low risk but it's also um, kind of flexible. Like it comes up and down. It's a little bit like a revolver. Like there's that sort of structure um, mm-hmm. finds a natural home.
0: Right. And then there's the kind of other half, as it were, of the, the loan assets at SVB that are more focused on tech startups, venture debt, ARR loans, that kind of thing. Right, and And a lot of that is slightly different kettle of fish to what you were just describing
1: yeah there's there's a lot of stuff um well the, the rest of it's a real mixed bag uh private banking is actually the next largest segment but there's all sorts of things there's some mm-hmm. loan loans to premium wine producers and vineyards <laughs> <laughs> fantastic don't know where that the natural homes for that is um i'm sure it'll find one um but yeah there's a good amount of um early stage growth stage um sponsor type lending basically the techier end of um i guess what alternative credit firms are already doing you know a r r loans um are a pretty pretty established product um particularly in the u s as I understand it you'd know better than I would will but um all of the alternative asset managers of size are kind of into that space um, some of these are probably a little earlier stage than your Apollo's or oak trees might be classically into but, you know, I'm sure they can be flexible. These are good credit people. They they understand how to do credit work. Um and, and frankly they've probably better outside the banking system. You know, this is sub investment grade type stuff. Bank capital regs are pretty much designed to push this outside the banking system. So maybe the natural home for that is not another bank. Mm-hmm. And
0: since we're talking about shadow banks, um, on that note, I've heard a lot of suggestion from sources both over here and in, in Europe in banking and private credit over the past few days that one kind of follow on impact of this whole debacle could be that there's a kind of cooling effect on regulated banks that are or were trying to muscle in on private credit to become more competitive. So. Obviously, there's been this whole kind of pendulum swinging back and forth over the past few years in terms of private credit becoming popular and then syndicated debt kind of like clawing back some of the, the land that they had lost to private credit. And each time the pendulum swings, it feels like private credit takes a bigger and bigger chunk of the pie. And some of the regulated banks have been trying to recoup some of that lost territory uh, by setting up their own balance sheet lending arms, like JP Morgan being a, a big big example Um, And the idea that people have been saying to me is that now that regulators are suddenly on high alert after this, you know, sudden uh, spike in in risk, why would banks take the risk now of pursuing new business lines like private credit, for example, that have even the slightest whiff of risk to them? And a lot of private credit funds I've been speaking to are using this assumption to argue that this crisis actually benefits them and could give them even more market share as the the banks kind of pull back and stop trying to compete so hard. Um, so, I mean, it, the argument sort of makes sense, but I'm curious what, what your take is on, on, on that.
1: Well, I guess a business line that has the slightest whiff of risk to it, you know, it was investing in treasuries that blew up SVB and that has a very, very limited risk to it. Mm. I think... Um, if anything it seems possible that the pendulum of the regulator swings away from the credit risk focused concerns that kind of characterise the post GFC period um, and spends a lot more time on specifically what's, what's blown up SVB which is duration risk um, what you need as a bank to not get an SVB situation is floating rate assets you don't have to mark them to market that give you a nice yield so you don't need to reach for yield by pushing pushing out on on the maturity curve hmm. um maybe private credit is just what's needed at this point you know you'll still have those those capital rules in there that that might um constrain banks ability to to do this entirely with their own money but basically you want to stay far away from duration risk and get something um with credit risk, delivering the yield instead, it's it's not. So I I do disagree slightly.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's a fair point. I feel like we're about to start arguing that maybe the private credit funds just start taking customer deposits now. I mean, some of the some of the big PE firms are big enough and diversified enough that they're basically
1: investment banks already, right? Uh, I mean, Apollo just bought the biggest business in Credit Suisse and renamed it Atlas Securities. And you're absolutely right. I think you're joking, but I can't really tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a matter of time. Who knows? But speaking of the actual investment banks, the existing investment banks today, um, syndicated Levfin Primary has kind of quietened down this week as everyone digests all the news. And that means less deal flow for traditional investment bank arrangers. That said, we just did get a new deal launched in, um, in the US uh, about five minutes after we put out a story about how deals were getting pulled um but speaking of the banks the the big banks i feel like there are some ways that they could potentially be beneficiaries of this whole crisis like for example if it leads to a migration of deposits and other assets from smaller regional banks into the large systemically important too big to fail institutions and you've been talking about whether this might potentially have an impact on the clo market and i think it's a really interesting argument so let's let's maybe get into that a bit what's the sure. what's the idea there
1: well th- this week clo's have had a freak out like many other financial assets and sold off a bit but yeah medium term i think this is potentially a large support to demand like the the major money center bank treasuries have historically been big buyers of CLOs. Um, You can go look at um, JP Morgan's latest numbers and see that it's got something like 60 billion of um, CLOs in its held to maturity book, a little bit more in the trading book as well. And that's that's just a huge number. That's Mm. pretty much all gonna be AAA, I'd imagine. Um, If you get a large inflow of deposits, um, it seems reasonable that liquidity books of those big banks would want um, to buy some more CLOs. Uh, they don't want duration risk. We don't like duration risk. Duration risk is now bad. So it gets a nice floating rate AAA asset. Um, based on the sort of other JP figures, it's putting about 14% of its overall kind of liquidity portfolio into CLOs, which is a pretty big number. Um, so yeah, any, any sizeable Deposit inflow from the regionals to the likes of JP, City, Wells, uh, A, that could be a medium-term, quite a, quite a strong support mm. to, particularly the AAA part of the CLO capital structure. Mm-hmm.
0: And I guess that's also coming at a time when there's this um, this whole situation over here about insurance regulation from the NAIC that could, I mean, have some fairly mixed impacts on insurance buyers of CLOs, but in particular push, um, potentially push some of those insurers outside of the, out, away from the, the mezz part of the capital structure. So, so many moving parts over over CLO demand at the moment. Um, I guess this, this could make it even more complicated. But I am conscious of time and I want to end on a point that a lot of people have been debating over the past few days, which almost makes me not want to debate it with you but i feel like it's kind of important so the question is the rescue of svb and the rescue of credit suisse and all the other actions that have been taken by regulators and and and, uh and government entities over the past few days do these count as a bailout or not where do you stand on that
1: absolutely unequivocally yes this was 100 percent a bailout But mostly of the good guys. (laughs) As of middle of Friday afternoon, uh, depositors in um, Silicon Valley Bank were going to get a receivership claim, which means they were going to get their money back. Yeah, we don't really know when. You take a ticket, you stand in line, they sell the treasuries, they sell the other stuff. Maybe you're made whole, maybe you're not. Not great. As of Monday morning, they were getting 100 and they were getting it backstopped by Uncle Sam. Silicon Valley Bank is the safest place in the world to put your deposits right now uh so yeah i think I think that's a bailout um but I think at a societal level, that's probably the right thing to do you You don't really want um depositors, even institutional depositors to spend all their time doing bank credit work. It's just not good for the world and a lot of people kind of hate on the VC industry or say look if you're depositing 100 million and investing in portfolio companies you should be doing credit work and counterparty risk work which maybe but it's not just those guys it's going to be like every chain of car dealerships is going to be well over the insured deposit limit do you want a chain of car dealerships to employer banks analysts when they're trying to figure out where they open their bank account Mm. this seems stupid you need businesses to be able to have reliable deposits that they can just bank with Um, it's a shame to kind of drag drag the federal government maybe into this situation even more than it it already is but ultimately you do want a situation where deposits are information insensitive and people don't have to be doing bank credit work just to use their bank account yeah
0: I mean I feel like You've kind of just explained the the point I was about to make, which is that I I think the reason the semantics are being debated a lot and are actually quite important is because, as you said, there's a kind of societal level to this and it's now a political issue. And selling these recent actions to the electorate in a way that explains the differences from the, the global financial crisis bailouts and that doesn't lead people to assume this is just another rescue of quote unquote greedy, irresponsible finance firms is actually you know it's 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 a challenge
1: uh yeah absolutely it would be super great if electorates could get a handle on the difference between debt and equity and you know just get their heads around a great capital structure i knew i know i said that they don't want to be bank analysts but a little bit of um that knowledge would be kind of helpful because then they would understand that in this case shareholders and management are toast um and that's absolutely as it should be. Um, yeah, you should you should be on the hook for mismanaging your bank. Mm. You should not be getting a bailout if you yourself were responsible for that. If the regulator has to take over, the equity should absolutely be a zero. Um, so yeah, there's a huge difference in my mind between that bailout and a bailout of the depositors.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's a whole another rabbit hole to get into here about um, stock sales by inside executives leading up to spv's collapse and the extent to which they were pre-scheduled and the extent to which there could be you know political fallout from that but let's not get into that right now we should probably wrap it up there um but owen thank you so much for your time
1: absolute pleasure absolute pleasure i'll tell you who else shouldn't get bailed out goldman's ecm bankers there was some bad (laughs) advice there um but no pleasure to be pleasure to be on all right well that's all we've got time for
0: this week thanks once again for tuning in and as always if you have any comments or feedback on the pod or ideas of topics that you want us to discuss in the future please drop us an email at team at don't forget to check in with my european colleagues next week for the latest on levfin markets over the atlantic i'll be back in a couple of weeks so until then as always take care